Yes, well, good morning, everyone. It's so great to be here today. <laughs> For those of you I haven't met yet, I am Sydney. I'm the intern here. I came over from America back in March, and I'll be here through next March, so a whole year with me. This is my third church internship that I've been a part of. I've done kids ministry, youth ministry, and now I'm here working in the office and doing some youth ministry. So God has already been teaching me so much, and I just thank you for your welcome, and I'm excited for what the rest of the year holds. This morning, I've titled this message, The Power of the Whisper, and it comes from an encounter, an encounter with the prophet Elijah and God. Now, if you've had a conversation with me before, you're probably like, ah, that is a very fitting title for her, because I, <laughs> I need this microphone as I just talk to people face to face, so... I think we can all agree that our world is full of noise. With our cell phones, we have access to anything we want at any time. People can reach us, we can look up any sort of information, and we all get to this point where we need a break. We just want to go on a holiday, to disconnect, to recharge. But then when we're given opportunities to be alone and to be silent, it can be pretty uncomfortable. It's not fun to just sit by yourself and with your own thoughts. Even as an introvert, I'm uncomfortable sitting by myself in silence. When I'm alone, I like to put on some music or I'll just throw on a TV show in the background just to have some noise. And with all the noise that consumes us, it can be difficult to hear God's whisper above it all. If you have your Bible with you today, I invite you to turn to 1 Kings 19. This is an Old Testament book that records the reigns of the kings from Israel and Judah. Some were really great in the eyes of the Lord, led the people back to God. But a lot of them were evil in the eyes of the Lord and started following after gods of foreign nations. So before we get to chapter 19... I'm just going to give a little summary of what's happened up to this point for some background. So we meet Elijah, and he's God's messenger during the time of King Ahab. And scripture tells us that Ahab was a wicked king that angered the Lord more than any king before him. He married a non-Israelite woman named Jezebel, who worshipped the god Baal. And as married couples do... In support of his wife, he started worshiping Baal as well, started tearing down some altars to the Lord and replacing them with altars and temples to Baal. So Elijah comes to confront Ahab, and Ahab throws it right back in Elijah's face and accuses him of being the one ruining Israel. Now, knowing that God is the true God, Elijah, full of faith, presents a challenge to determine who is the real God of Israel. Is it Baal or is it the Lord? So he gathers all the Israelites up, and there's 450 prophets of Baal, and they go to this mountain, and the challenge is each god will get an altar. So the prophets of Baal build an altar to, god, to their god, and then Elijah by himself is over here with an altar to the Lord, and the challenge is they're going to cry out to their God, and then the real God will set fire to the altar. Simple challenge. Let's see what happens. 
If you know the story, or if you're familiar with God's power and his faithfulness, then you already know that the prophets of Baal, they built their altar, and they called out all day, all day, and nothing happened. And Elijah, full of faith, full of confidence in God's ability, he pours water over this altar just to prove how powerful God is. And as he prays, God immediately sends down fire and not only sets the altar, you know, a little fire on the altar, but consumes the entire thing. This was an amazing act of God's power. And the Israelites around know that God is the true God, and they fall down and they worship him. Now, as God's prophet, I can only imagine how much joy Elijah must have felt to see this take place. In faith, he presented this challenge, and in faith, he saw God destroy, uh, de not destroy, no, demonstrate his power. But not everyone was ready to worship the Lord. For some reason, Jezebel, the wife of Ahab, was not there. So when Ahab goes and tells Jezebel what happens, she vows to kill Elijah the very next day. Now, after reading and hearing about Elijah's great faith and his great confidence, we would think that this little uh, you know, promise that Jezebel made would not shake him, but it does. And he runs into the wilderness out of fear. All it took was one voice to make him lose sight of who God truly was. And it's here in the wilderness where we find our story this morning. So starting in verse 9, there he came to a cave and lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Now, I love reading questions that God asks his people because we know that God is the creator of all things. He knows you. He knows your thoughts, your desires better than we know ourselves. So when he asks a question of his people, he's not looking for knowledge. He's looking for a deepening of relationship with them. He's looking to reveal something about that individual. And Elijah replies, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. Now, Elijah's response is mostly true. He has been very zealous for the Lord. We've seen it. And the Israelites did abandon God's covenant. And yes, Jezebel did kill prophets before, and he, she is seeking to kill Elijah. But has he forgotten what has just happened? Has he forgotten God's power and faithfulness? Elijah has let the voices of fear and doubt drown out the voice of God. So we continue on in verse 11. And the Lord said, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke into pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. 
and after the earthquake a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire a sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. It's easy when we're reading a passage like this to question why God spoke in a whisper. He just demonstrated his power through fire. Why was he not in this fire? Why did he speak in a whisper this time? I think it's obvious that God caused the wind, the fire, and the earthquake, but scripture says that he wasn't in them. And when God calls Elijah to stand in the presence of the Lord, Elijah doesn't until he hears the whisper of God. God works in all kinds of ways, and I'm not going to stand up here and tell you, this is how God works, and this isn't, because he is far capable than my understanding. But we often want God to move in big, dramatic, earth-shattering ways. But let us not forget that his voice is just as powerful as the silent moments that we spend alone with him. It would be so easy to follow God and know exactly what to do if he only revealed himself in unmistakable, powerful ways, or even in a loud voice. And the reason he doesn't communicate with us like this all the time is because he's after more than our, hear our ears, and he wants us to do more than listen. But he's after our heart. And in order to hear God's whisper, we have to be close and we have to be focused on what he has to say. If for the rest of my message, I just... Maybe the front row right here could maybe hear me, but probably not. And if they did, they would have to lean in and really focus on what I was saying. And that's the kind of relationship God wants to have with us. You don't have to pay attention to loud noises or voices in order to hear them. You could be at home having a meal, not paying attention to anything outside, just talking with your family, having a good time. And when an ambulance goes by, you're going to hear it. You don't have to be sitting out the window waiting for an ambulance to come by. You just have to, you, you can do whatever you want. You don't require any focus or concentration. But God doesn't want to be considered some siren that we can hear in the distance. He wants us to be close and for us to want to hear him. Now, this encounter between Elijah and God ends in kind of an interesting way. Elijah hears God's whisper. He comes out and stands before the Lord. And then the Lord asks him once again, what are you doing here, Elijah? And I was really surprised to hear Elijah's response because he had just heard the whisper of God. He has come to stand out in his presence. But we read Elijah's response. He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. I thought it was really interesting that his answer is the exact same as before. There's no change to why he is here at the Mount of the Lord. And after Elijah's answer, the Lord calls him to go back out 
and he gives him specific instructions on what to do, to which Elijah obeys. So we see that God's whisper brings clarity of vision and assurance over fear. And there is a change in attitude that Elijah has. He arrived at the cave out of fear, wanting to escape the voice of Jezebel, and he leaves in faith, ready to serve the Lord. Throughout all of this, God's power doesn't change. The same power that was displayed when he consumed the altar in the presence of the Israelites is the same power that whispered to Elijah and restored his vision. Even today, the same power that captures hundreds of hearts in an auditorium in a single day is the same power that brings you peace when you're alone in your room and you feel broken. God's whisper heals, restores, reveals himself to us, loves us, and comforts us. And in order to hear it, we have to be close, and we have to be focused and ready for what he has to say. Elijah met with God out of desperation and fear of the voices around him, and God did answer him. But we're not just meant to turn to God when there's no other option. When we've tried everything, and there's still nothing that we can do right, and we still feel broken, it's not the only time that we can come to God. When Jesus was teaching this in the Gospel of John, he compares himself to the good shepherd and his followers to the sheep. And he says to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the sheepfold, by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought, all, brought out all his own, he goes before them, and this is the key, the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Have you ever noticed yourself picking up little traits of the people around you? Little gestures or phrases, something like that. In Wisconsin, super weird, a lot of people end their sentences by just saying, and so. Doesn't make any sense. If you were to ask me, hey, Sydney, how was your weekend? I would be like, oh, it was so great, you know. Went to a restaurant, did some work, and so. And so what? Like, continue on the sentence. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know why we do that. I don't know where it comes from. But after living outside of Wisconsin, I lost that. And I would just make fun of everyone who said that. I'd be like, oh, Wisconsin people just, and so, like, just make fun of them. Until I moved back to Wisconsin and quickly picked it up once again. And what became a joke, I was now doing just out of habit. And I was like, what? What happened? Where did this come from? But just being around people, you start to pick up what they do. And this is the same when we spend time with God. When we spend time in his word, we become like him. And we start living out his word. We become familiar with it. If we are going to be people who follow and serve Christ wholeheartedly in every situation we encounter, 
in every conversation we have, and in every room we walk into, we have to be familiar with his voice. We have to choose to disconnect from the voices that surround us, and we have to seek God's voice above the noise every day. Silence is really uncomfortable, and it exposes our reality sometimes. But God's whisper holds the power of vision and transformation. And just like different phrases or characteristics of other people that we pick up on, we form habits really, really easily. The more you do something, the more you want to do something, right? The more you exercise and eat healthy, the more you're going to want to keep exercising and doing that. And the more time you spend alone in your room watching a show, the more time you're going to want to continue that. The more time we spend listening to God's voice, the more familiar we become with him, and the more we will want to spend with him. Also, the more we spend with him, the less uncomfortable we will be in the silence. So this morning, if you're waiting on God, if you need to hear his voice, if you're expectant for him to show you a sign or a great display of power, can I remind you to not discount the small moments that you have with him? He wants to speak to you. He has a message for you today and every day. And he will give it to you if you take the time to spend with him. He wants to encourage you. He wants to comfort you. He wants to offer you the guidance and direction that you are seeking. He wants to provide for you. And more importantly, he wants to reveal himself to you. He wants to show you more of who he is. And he wants to transform you into the person that he has created you to be. So instead of waiting for the next conference or the next event or guest speaker or even a Sunday, don't discount the small moments every day by choosing to listen to God's voice. Lean in, step away from the noise and the distractions, and focus on what God wants to speak to you. There is power in his whisper. So to close today, I just want to pray over our week. So if you would all just like to stand. Father, I thank you that you are a God that is close. You are not a God far away, like a blaring siren, but you are a God who wants each and every one of our hearts. Whatever we have come today with, Lord, brokenness, pain, confusion, chaos, frustration, I pray that you would just meet us in that and reveal yourself to us. Would you remind us that your voice, although a whisper, is more powerful than all of the voices around us? Give us grace as we seek you. And I just pray that you would bless all of us together this week as we go out and seek your voice and follow your ways. We love you, Lord. 
It's in your son's holy name we pray. Amen.